Well, uh, something that's been on television on pretty much every late night talk show, not only here in North America, but literally around the world. I've seen clips from Australia, from the UK, from other English language nations around the world. We're talking about the high school teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School. That's west of Toronto in the Halton District. Uh, The high school teacher named Kayla Lemieux, who's been uh, the subject of intense uh, well, uh, outcry uh, following the videos uh, circulated of her wearing these oversized prosthetic breasts while teaching shop class. A lot of people, parents included, are going, what is going on? Why hasn't uh, somebody put a stop to this, uh, etc.? Well, our legal friend, Sanira Chowdhury from Workley Law in Toronto, wrote about this finally. And as soon as she did, I spotted the column and said, let's call Sanira and get her take on this on the radio in Vancouver. The headline, Halton District School Board missed the point on dress codes. Sanira Chowdhury, good morning and welcome back. Good morning, Sterling. So good to be on. Well, it's good to have you with us. What point did they miss? Because they've they've come and said a lot of parents and others have approached them saying, this has got to stop. Do you not have dress codes? Uh, Don't professionals, alleged professionals and teachers are are such, don't they have some kind of professional uh, work attire minimum code that they must observe? And uh, the Halton School District said, oh, no, we couldn't possibly interfere. And you say the school district completely missed the point how so so sterling i think the issue here is that the halton district school board wants to put their head in the sand saying we're outside of a collective agreement right now we can't impose any new rules so it almost seems as though our teachers can run amok our education staff can run amok and we can't do anything about it that's essentially what um, the statement has been sort of coming back uh, from the Halton District School Board. They're also saying that because they're out of a collective uh, agreement, firstly, they're saying we can't impose a dress code because of that, which I disagree with. But secondly, more, more I think, egregious and concerning is, is that they're suggesting that they would be on, um, you know, on the brink of big liability if they were to step in and suggest that Ms. Lemieux should dress any which way and they don't they really want to step back from opining on what their workers should be wearing and the point that i'm saying that they've missed here is that it is the laws for dress codes we do not begrudge airlines retailers restaurants most of the time restaurants have gotten in some hot water but for mandating how people dress lawyers have to wear robes in court this is not something that Um, school boards need to sort of shy away from. We know that students have dress codes. Students have to, you know, uh, often they might be sent down to the principal's office if they're not dressed appropriately. And so why do we not expect this for teachers? My column says, look, it's not about, it's not a human rights issue because really what the Human Rights Code in Ontario and across the country, frankly, says is that we shouldn't be imposing dress codes that might be uh, enforcing sexualized stereotypes of women but what we're seeing here is is that the way that Ms. Lemieux is dressing as a woman and I think as a lawyer and as a professional I can opine on this uh, unfortunately I think the way that she is dressing does reinforce sexualized notions of women I think that 
is unprofessional for a school environment. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely incumbent on the school board and the school to step in here. Well, another, another employment lawyer you're probably aware of, Howard Levitt, has written on this well in the headline uh, as well. And his headline today is, Halton School Board has the power to ban the trans teacher's outfit. It's just too scared to use it. Do you agree with that? Oh, I, I, this is absolutely, I, I do, I, I do agree with Howard on that. You know, uh, Howard's a former partner of mine. I think he's um, bang on with respect to probably being too scared. I think also they didn't get a labor and employment expert to actually weigh in on this. Mm. And if they had, they would know that they can impose a dress code. And if Miss Lemieux decided and said, I think I'm being discriminated against on the basis of what I'm wearing, she would have to enshrine that in some ground, which is, on what basis do you think you're being discriminated against? Mm -hmm. Is it on the basis of gender? Is it on the basis of what? We don't know what it is. And let the Human Rights Commission decide. Ultimately, the Human Rights Commission can't, can't challenge an employer for imposing a reasonable dress code. There are a lot of employers that might say, you need to be well-groomed, you need to dress professionally. For example, all lawyers in the legal profession, we, we have mandates of what we have to wear. Even when we're not robed, we still have to wear neutral colors in court. Sure, yeah. We still have to wear professional business attire. So as I'm saying, if it's a reasonable dress code, and even if it went all the way to the Human Rights Commission, first of all, I don't know on what ground Ms. Lemieux could say she's being discriminated against here. Because if the rubric or if the metric is professionalism, and that applies across the board. As long as you're applying it consistently and fairly across the board, there's no chance of it being discriminatory. Sanira, I don't have a lot of time here, but I need to ask you this as quickly as I can. What pressure can parents who are clearly upset with this, what can they do to fix this, if anything? One of two things. One is you threaten to move your kids out of that district. But the second is that other, you know, if their children, for example, female students, if they feel offended by this sort of sexualized dress, they actually could file a complaint. Students, I think, can say if they feel, it's, I think it's, it comes down to the students. These are high school students. If they are also offended here, they should be filing complaints. They should be speaking. It's not just about parents against teachers here. Yeah. It's about the students. Do students think that this is, you know, offensive, I think offensive and potentially sexualized and unprofessional, students should be the ones filing the complaints at the school. Interesting stuff. This case is far from over. It's world famous now, like it or not. Thank you for finally ringing in on it. It was a delight to read your column, Sanira. And clearly, it is, because it's unfinished business, we'll be talking about this again at our next available opportunity. Thanks for this this morning. Always a treat to have you aboard. Thanks, Sterling. Have a good morning. You too. There's Sanira Chowdhury from Workley Law in Toronto. 714 on the button in Vancouver, minus one downtown. When we come back, we're going to take a, a look at some of the scams. Uh, it's online shopping Christmas season time. The Better Business Bureau is next.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.